Okay, welcome folks. Episode one of a podcast still to be named. What a pleasure, what an honour to have my mentor, my boss, just an all-around good bloke, Jack Henderson, Hendering of the Property Flamingo. How mate, are you? Thank, thanks for thanks for having me, and mate. You know what? I uh, I think it's a a, a, a testament to your uh, your what's the word I'm looking for? Um, courage, maybe courage. So you want to go out there and get it. So, mate, I'm happy that you're doing a flamingo, and for me to be the first guest, we were just chatting Jeez. actually. The uh, Sam Black has the Sam Black sessions, and I was the first. Iconic, iconic. I was the first guest on the Sam Black sessions, and um, I wasn't present. I was on my phone the whole episode, so I thought we'll escape that and we'll go live. We've, so, got, we've got all the fans over there live. Mm. Thank you for joining us live. Very nervous if you can't tell, but here we go, Jack Henderson. Come on, mate, kick it off. Let's get it started. Let, just for my audience, of course, a bit younger. I guess this this podcast is for the young battlers out there, the like punters from Penrith. Just, just trying to figure their way out <laughs> on the path. So, I guess, Jack, tell us how, how everything got started. Tell us about the background, if you will. Yeah. So, mate, my uh, my story uh, isn't a very long story. I'm only 24, going on 25 next month, but um, probably not the traditional. Uh, I would say, story of an eastern suburbs real estate agent, that's for sure. I definitely agree. Um, So, mate, I grew up in a normal household. Mum and Dad both worked full-time. Um, in, in a suburb called Wilberforce, which shout is out to the head of happiness, mate, of course. So we head love you, Jackie. Yeah, so that was um, grew up in, in a place called Wilberforce, which is all like 50 kilometres northwest of Sydney. Um, mate, very normal household. Mm. You know, like I said, Dad, Dad was you know a construction manager. Mum was you know working in, in health and safety. Um, and mate, I. <clears throat> I just was a normal kid, you know, I was, I was Mr. Average at everything I felt, like I was, you know, I was never the best at sport, I was always just mediocre, um, was mediocre looking, was just was mediocre at everything, right? And I can't agree with that one. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, fuck, dear, that was a flamingo noise, that one. <laughs> and, mate, uh, look, now looking back on, you know, my, my, the way I grew up, I think I, I've realised why the why I am the way I am right now but um mate went to school went to two public schools uh well, no, one public school for 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 primary Wilberforce public um and mate I was actually a really big liar when mm. I was when I was young I used to lie a lot and I don't I don't know why I just felt like I was you know always have to I always had to prove to someone that I was better than them or I had the same as them mm. and and I, in Wilberforce it's a weird place it's just you know a normal suburb on the Hawkes River um I always, I was, I always had comparison. I always compared myself to other people. And when you're young and naive, you know, you don't understand debt. You don't understand mm. anything. So you see your friends, you know, parents have these nice cars and nice houses and live on the river and they have boats and all the rest of it. Um, I didn't have all of that, and, and I never went without. But we just, we just didn't, we didn't have it. And I always used to, uh, I'm always used to lie about what we had. Oh yeah, we've got this, we've got that. I remember, yeah. I remember, yeah. th- it was like oh, I was in like year four or year five. Um, I stood up in the, at the front of the classroom um, and was like show and tell from the weekend or yeah, something. Okay. <laughs> and I got I got a I got a photo of uh, of a Super Air Nautique, which is a wakeboard boat for people who don't know, off Google. <laughs> and it was just like it was it was the, like nah. it was like ten people in this boat. It was just like one of the photos that Air Nautique would use for their marketing. <laughs> and I stood up at the front of the classroom. I remember it so clearly. And I said, Oh, this is. <laughs> This is me and my family on the weekend <laughs> in Sydney Harbour, and that was just wow. who I was, right? Yeah. I always lied, and I always used to get caught out, and it made me look like an idiot. 
Mm. Um, and as I grew up, I, I grew out of that, obviously. Mm. You, you start to get older and you start to embarrass yourself and embarrass your parents more and more. Mm. So, um, mate, got into high school and um, <clears throat> I, I, I was... I sort of... I don't know when, when things change, but I never wanted to... I never wanted to learn from... from people who weren't in the position that I wanted to be and obviously that changed over over my childhood and teenage years but you know I used to look at school teachers and say well you earn 60 or 80 grand a year like Mm. why am I listening to what you have to say Mm, and that's ego and and that's not really understanding a lot of stuff but that's how I was I was I I never used to want to listen in class Mm. I was quite academic but I never used to you know put in 100% of myself I'd distract the class and be the class clown and that was probably insecurities and all the rest of it um, so I uh, I got expelled from one of my high schools um, I wasn't going to mention that I'm yeah, glad you brought no, it up I'm more than happy to yeah so I got expelled from a school um, not because I was selling drugs or I was uh, you know fighting people I just I didn't want to be there and, mm. and, and it made it hard for my teachers to teach um, so that was in like year 9 I think uh, and then I went to another high school, and you know I was going to have a fresh start. And I was I was of into course, motocross yeah. when I was when I was um, going through high school. Like that was my whole. That's all I cared about was mm. going to school and then riding on the weekends. Um, and we moved into a house that had acreage um, when I, when I was growing up. So we had we used to be able to ride at home. And nice dirt give it everywhere. Yeah, mate, yeah. My that house now my parents still live in, and the paddock used to just be a motocross track, and now it looks like a golf course because my dad loves his lawn. Um, so yeah big rob um so Mm. motocross is my thing and and when i went to the new school there's this place in the u.s which was the number one training camp or that training facility in the world for motocross and it was called mtf which was Millsaps training facility um even i've heard of Millsaps. yeah yeah so and and when i went to the new school i made a bet with with mum and mum said that if you if you don't i think i was like don't get a detention or don't get suspended or something until you finish your HSC, I'll send you to MTF. Wow. So I was like, yes, yes, I'm going to do it. Six weeks in. Just, <laughs> just like, six that, weeks. Yeah, that goal was... That, that like, would have been a long six weeks. That goal was gone, well. you know. Um, and, yeah, I ended up, you know, getting expelled from that school mm. as well about 12 months later. Mm. Um, and that was when I was fifth, fifth, just, oh, just before I turned 16. Mm. Um and again, the reason that happened is because I just didn't want to listen to my teachers. Mm. I thought I knew better than them. And, and my, like I said, my philosophy and my thought process around it was, um, why am I listening to you if you are not in the position mm. that I want to be in? And to be honest, I didn't even know what I wanted to be or who mm. I wanted to be. Then I just knew that I wanted to be rich and I wanted to have everything that I thought I didn't have when I was younger. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I got expelled and... At that point, I was, yeah, like I said, I was just 15 or 16 years old. Um, didn't have a license, obviously. Didn't even have males, mm. I don't think. And um, the only career prospect I had was somewhere that I could get to and from work. Um, so I either had to work somewhere mm. locally near my house or go and work with my dad because mm. I could go to and from work with, with dad. So just, just quickly while we're here, you've just been expelled from school. Mm. I'm only just leaving school now myself into the real world and I'm still in a very sheltered environment but I'm definitely feeling the real world, you know, quote unquote real world. 
at that age, just turning 16, like, how does that affect a 16-year-old man? Just, I didn't care. That's how you know. Care, like, right. As you do when you're that age, you think you're cool and all the rest mm. of it. So I was like, yeah, I don't really care. Yeah, so you never really got that slap across the face. like Mate, welcome, yeah, welcome I got, more. I got slapped across the face by the parents many times, you know? Like, it was the worst. Yeah, okay. Now I look back on it like it was, you know, my mum was distraught. Her, her child who uh, was meant to be everything, you know, has been expelled from school. And mm. I'd, all I cared about was motocross. Um, and I, so I didn't have any career prospects. I didn't have a school certificate. Um, and, you know, I was going to work for my dad as a labourer. So in a parent's eyes, you know, looking at it, you're like, my son is a failure. You know? <laughs> Next stop is probably a rehab clinic or something. <laughs> um, so, yeah, did that. And, and, and then I worked, went, and worked with, um, went and worked with my dad as a labourer, mm. um, you know, 15 years old. Again, probably didn't listen like I should have it that work mm. and probably made it more difficult for my dad than what it had to be. Um, but as I was starting to do that, like you said, I was starting to, to, to get exposure to the real world and, um, you know, not, not consciously, but unconsciously looking at all the people around you going, these people are 50, 60 years old, you know, they're doing the same job yeah. as you are as a 15 year old. They drive old banged up cars, you know, they've all, mm. you're hearing, you know, you work with yeah. 50 year old men and they, they talk to you like you're one of them, yeah. you know, they don't talk to you like you're a 15 year old kid. And, and you, you hear, of course, picture yourself at that age doing the same yeah, we thing. Already, I wasn't picturing myself consciously at that age, but subconsciously or unconsciously, you, you know, you, your brain starts to pick up and you start to go like, fuck, you know. <laughs> could be a um you know it's going to be a fun life so mm. with that come me going well i need to do something like mm. i'm not going to be a laborer for the rest of my life i'm not going to be an operator like even even at the top of the construction game uneducated top of the construction game like you can be a project manager you can be mm. a foreman or you could you know be you know when i ended up going to the mines a mine manager or something like that but again like the amount of money you can earn there for the majority of the people you know a quarter million dollars a year is a lot of money mm. but for me it wasn't i mm. always you know was quite ambitious and wanted to to have everything and be everything so that was when i started to educate myself and mate from from 16 years old i think that's when everything started to sort of change i I, I didn't have education anymore. I wasn't getting taught anything by anyone. And now was my time to learn from people that I wanted to, yeah. to be like, right? Because that's what I always said mm. in school. I only learn from people who I want to be like someone. So, mate, just like podcast, YouTube, books, seminars, literally was my life from 16 years old even until now like mm. you know i don't think there would be too many people out there that yeah, can still shoot. when i jump in the car with you there's always a bit of gary <laughs> Betty going on or yeah yeah there's not too many um, people that would consume as much um you know educational content as what i do um and mate that's when everything really shifted and and it opened my eyes to what's possible in the world changed the way i thought changed the way i perceived things um and yeah man that was it sort of from from 16 started saving mm. my pennies um and you know, started educating myself. It was all about money at that mm. stage. It was how I could be, you know, how I could make a lot of money, how I could be rich. That's what I cared about, mm. right? I didn't really care about a career prospect. It was just like, how can I make money? Yeah, okay. And something that stood out to me was property investing. Mm. You didn't have to be a genius and it was pretty easy to do. And, you know, mum and dad, as they always said, it's the biggest financial decision you make in your life is to buy your first yeah. property or buy a property. Um, so I thought, well, I'm earning 80 grand a year or 70 grand a year, whatever it was, as a, as a labourer. Um, and I had no car, I had no expenses, I didn't pay board. The only thing I could spend my money on was uh, rip curl clothes and Xbox games. <laughs> um, and mate, that's what happened. Yeah. I just saved my money and by the time I got to 18 years old, I had a deposit. Um, 
and I was ba- I had a basic education of what needed to mm. happen and I, I bought my first bought my first property and that that was Huge. that was sort of where it um, made mm. all sort of kicked off from yeah. got myself my first mentor in Chris Gray and um, mate mm. it's been a journey since then just got a roller coaster strap in <laughs> yeah. so instantly you hear that you hear that you're you're still twenty four <laughs> and uh, that's a lot of takes a lot of self awareness especially. Um, me knowing you being around you for all this time a lot of people at 24 uh, they, this is this is kind of what they dream of right having the money having business oh, having yeah. people working for you mm. but I guess you still have that how, how has that self-awareness come about essentially <clears throat> to know all this and be so conscious about that uh, and to grow from it mate a lot of a lot of learning like I'm still still so much so like learn like you know I've, I've got four coaches mm. on, a, on a full-time basis every single week mm. that cost me a lot of money um but you know like I'm, I'm constantly 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 learning and um my mindset's changed dramatically and the way i think about things tra- changed dramatically and the people i have in my life has changed dramatically over you know since i've been sort of 17 18 until now um and Mate, I, I don't think you'll ever. I don't think that you ever stop learning. Mm. Like I think you, there's there's key things that you learn, um, which are probably the foundations of how you see the world. Mm. Um, but from there, you're always tinkering things. No one's perfect, mate. You know, like you look at people who are at the top of their game, like your Jeff Bezos and your Bill Gates, and um, sure they're masters of business, and from the outside they look like they've got their life sorted, but they've just both had divorces yeah. because of you know different reasons. So. Um, Mate, they're all we're all mm. human beings, right? Mm. So, um, yeah. mate, mm, it's interesting. You know, mm. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't. I don't know the question. But I think mm. it, like the, my biggest, my my the biggest thing that's impacted my life and the way I think is mm. the people that I surround myself with, without a doubt in my mind. Like, um, you know, I surround myself with people who have made a lot of money mm. and who are at the top of their game or have been at the top of their game and. Um, instead of learning from my own mistakes, I'd much rather learn from other people's mistakes, mm. you know? So the, the, the mentors and the coaches that I have and the, and the friends that I have, um, if you're constantly hearing that information and you, you're constantly surrounding yourself with that and you constantly listen to podcasts and books and mm. all the rest of it, then um, that's the way you think. Mm. You don't know different, right? It just becomes normal to, mm. to, to, to us. And um, I think that's the biggest thing ever. There's a saying where it's like you, you become the, the average of your five closest friends yeah. or the five people you spend much time with and, and that's so true mm. um, because there's no difference from me to, um, you know, anyone else. Um, <clears throat> yeah, okay. Yeah. At my age, I'm no different. I come from you know, humble beginnings. I don't have any more money. No, I didn't mm. have any more money than anyone else growing up. Mm. My, my family was just a normal Australian family um, but I just think differently and, mm. and, and, and I have a, an abundant mindset so mm. um, and that just changes everything mm. yeah and I think being around you so much essentially being a shadow a leech mm. really that's a perfect yeah, word yeah I just wake up in the morning and <laughs> there hey, you are <laughs> <laughs> fuck like a nice little alarm <laughs> clock but I think uh, and that's actually not a joke either like this morning for example I said Joya let's go to the gym so we get to the gym at 5.30 so I wake up my alarm goes off at five and I get out of bed at about quarter past. And at about eight minutes past five, just lets himself in my back door. <laughs> I know and there he is. And now I'll, don't, be, don't I'll, be, with him. With I'll be with him the whole time <laughs> until, uh, until about 8, 8 p.m. Yeah. tonight when I go to sleep. Yeah. And I think, especially, I guess, this whole idea of investment, that's 
um, big investor yourself, but ultimately you invest in yourself more than anything. Mm. Uh, you mentioned that you have four coaches and just a constant amount of time absorbing whatever it may be, <clears throat> podcasts, seminars. And I guess, where does that come from? I guess, I, I think it's a very difficult for someone at that age to go, look, pour a lot and a lot of money into yeah. themselves like that. Yeah, but mate, like it's, 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 um, it is, that's a good question. Um, it's not hard. Like I, be, I, I've always invested my money into property and, um, you know, I just bought another property then quite recently, a couple of weeks ago. Congratulations. Um, and I look like, you just have to, you, I, the way I look at life now is like whatever, mm. whatever you put your resources into will grow. So, you know, a lot of people that I talk to are like, fuck me, you've got, you know, a lot of staff now all of a sudden mm. and it's very expensive to have staff, but, um, it's not an expense. It's an investment, right? And, and I'm exactly the same. You know, I probably spend realistically probably 20 grand a month on coaching for myself. Like that's mm. not, a, that's not a bullshit number. That's probably what I spend in, in with all the coaching that I have. Um, and mate, like it's it pays. I mean, if if you get the coaching and then just don't listen to what people yeah. say and do what they say, then of course it's not going <laughs> to yeah. fucking work, right? Yeah. It's just like going to the gym and having a personal <laughs> trainer and saying, "Doing ten, do ten push-ups," and you say, "Fuck nah. you, I'm going to eat a donut." Nah. <laughs> of course it's yeah. not going to work. But you know, I spend a lot of money on my coaching. Mm. I do what they say, and it, I mean, it's worked so far. Mm. So, and that's what gives me confidence to, to keep doing it, right? Mm. And it seems for my life the more money that I've invested in different things, the more it's given mm. me. Um, so I don't ever even think about yeah. it. I just go, well, how, yeah. much, how much is it? Okay, great. And I just pay. <laughs> yeah, because I've really kind of, something I've really picked up is that you don't see how much something's taking from you. It's how much something's giving to you. Yeah, and, and that's the mindset that I've ad- adopted. Like, you know, having a scarce mindset mm. and going, fuck, how much is that? Like, you know, watching your pennies. I mean, look, you still have to have some concept of how much money you're spending. I mm. really don't have a concept of how much money I spend, which isn't a good thing. Um, but I literally would not care or do not care about what things cost. I just mm. need to know that it's going to give me a return, for example. So, you know, my mum manages all of my finances, the mm. head of happiness, and, um, you know, like I'll be saying, can you please go and get that? And when, when she first started, she was like, oh, you sure you need to spend that much money on something? But it, it doesn't even, it doesn't even fathom. Yeah. I mean, I'm tight as fuck when it comes to certain things. Mm. Like I don't, I don't waste money on shit um, unless I'm on the piss, which <laughs> I've given up for the yeah. last six months. Which we'll talk about for sure. Um, but, you know, if I, I'm more than happy to, to spend money on things that I know it's, mm. it's going to come back in, in droves. And, and it always does. Like if you, if you spend your money on the right things, it, it will, um, I think it'll always come back. Mm. Yeah, okay. That's definitely great. I think kids my age, we're kind of uh, kind of pulling in the doors quite close to try and, try and battle on by the next beer. You know, like for example, so I was um, seven. I was seventeen. I was. Mm. I just got. I had my piece. I was seventeen years old, um, and you know, as a seventeen-year-old, like all you care about is you know spending your money mm. on shit really like not many not many 17 year olds are, uh, are spending money on good things but like i you know my i, I paid i think it was fifteen hundred dollars for my first ever coaching session when i was 17 years old mentoring session with chris gray and like 1500 bucks even for any it was a lot of money right mm. and, and it was more it was probably two weeks worth of wage and i was like i'm 
going to spend 1500 bucks and I got a coaching session at 17 years old yeah. went and had lunch with Chris at Woolloomooloo Wharf and Woolloomooloo Wharf when you grow up in Northwest Sydney where your local Chinese restaurant is you know looks a bit like a jail um, <laughs> there's a lot of money and I was just like yeah. but it, from that like from that minute that I spent it just opened your eyes up mm. to you know because in reality like if you if you think $1,500 is a lot of money then it is a lot of money mm. but you know you look at someone like Gary Vee for example um, who has his personal team that just does his media mm. so all of his content he spends 200,000 US dollars a month on that team wow. Two and a half million dollars a year to have people follow him around with cameras, mm. um, and you know, do uh, hello. well, hey, Grace, <laughs> Grace is here. Um, yeah, they, oh, they, they, but and but if you look at that as a lot of money, it is a lot of money. But he looks at that as like, well, it's, it's not a lot of money. So mm. I think it's it's all it's all perception and it's mm. all um it's all relative. Yeah. yeah. So you know, from starting on that, now when I spend like I said, twenty grand a month or whatever it is on on coaching. If you look at it as twenty grand a month, it's a lot of money. But in reality, it's not a lot of money because that twenty grand is going to make me two hundred thousand yeah. dollars a month. You know what I mean? It's all, it's all, hmm. it's all relative. Yeah. 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 But investing in, yourself, invest, investing in yourself, mate, is like is crucial. You know, mm. like not growing up in the eastern suburbs, and obviously the eastern suburbs is probably one of the most affluent areas in the world. Um, and sure, yeah, I drive a nice car. Um, but you know, growing up here and being conscious like I am now and looking at all the people that are especially in this industry and are of similar age, you know, like all the brand name clothes mm. and, and you know, the perception that people have to sh pretend that they're rich, yeah. you know, like, you know, whether it's girls with five or $6,000 Louis Vuitton handbags or, you know, men mm. with all the shit that they wear, like, I wear nice clothes, but none of mm. it's designer. No. Um, but then they don't spend any money on themselves, mm. you know, so people are like, fuck, where are you spend that money on whatever you do but it's like well yeah I spend money on that but you spend money on shit <laughs> a, a and trust me I've spent, I've spent my fair share of money on mm. shit but yeah especially since going you know from last year doing the 100 days mm. of sobriety and then now doing the, the year um, it completely changes the way you think and the way you look at things because mm. you're always level headed yeah and we'll, we'll definitely get to the sobriety definitely get to that yeah great question <laughs> bit of Chris Cochran dialogue ah. Uh, but what I really wanted to talk about was, I guess, we talked about Gary Vee spending all that money on his media. Sure. Um, and you d taking a very similar approach, the first person you hired, shout out Sam Black, was as a videographer. And yeah. I think a lot of people first first hiring is, is an assistant of something. Generally, yeah. But I guess now you've just grown this huge, I guess, you've marketed yourself so well, mm. this whole Henderingo property Flamingo, mm. and I really want to talk about that, I guess, how did this all come about, the whole marketing yourself at this level? Well, again, it's listening to people who are in the position mm. that you want to be in, you know, like Gary Vaynerchuk is, is you know, an exceptional businessman, um, and the reason he has the brand he has is because he's done the things that he does, right? Mm. So if you can learn from that, then why not? So my concept behind that was I'd been in the so I started in the industry in October of 2019 so I and I come out of mining mm. mind you so I had no fucking idea what sales were you know I was like sales what I knew property yeah. because I you know I had my own portfolio and, and I'd been around it now for a little while obviously I had Chris Gray as a mentor coming in the industry um, and I remember I sat down with Tristan Oddie who's a very good friend of mine right now uh, and probably always will be um, I sat down and, and 
he looks at me as he <laughs> they walk in with no socks on oh. and all that jazz and he's like who the fuck is this guy and I remember sitting there and he'll tell you the story I sat there and I said mate this is what I'm going to do like mm. this is this is my plan for this three months I'm going to you know really learn the ropes and then from January I'm going to have this and you know have the, grow the media team and have a podcast and grow like an incredible personal mm. brand and um, obviously told him my, my big goals and he goes oh yeah, yeah that's good probably heard it a million times mm-hmm. so you know the January come around um, and Sam um, was looking for <laughs> what's going on he's <laughs> got some got some guests yeah. Um, yeah so the yeah hired Sam to do my videography probably couldn't really afford it at the time to be honest but uh, you, you're never going to be ready to do something so I just went out there I hired Sam we bought a camera and mate I was just this kid mm. who was getting around the eastern suburbs driving a no birds hire car with some <laughs> dude with a camera next to him and and that's where mm. it started right and I mean I've, I've only been in the industry for 18 months since then but um, I feel like I've, my personal brand's grown mm. quite significantly in that time and obviously the media team now has gone from one to three people and um, man, it's a no it's a no brainer right mm. the more people who know who you are the better it is mm. not just for business but for for, for everything mm. so the more people who know who Jack Anderson is the more people want to do business with Jack yeah. Anderson and you know now with staff and growing a team um, again people come to me not once have I gone out there looking for for people except for where I am actually he was a blessed one um, <laughs> Not once have I gone out there to look for someone. People mm. have always come to me. Like every single person who works with me come to me. I never went and found mm. them. And, and that's the thing about having a personal brand. Mm. So um, yeah, that was that was a, that was a. And, it, and when it comes to growing that brand, the, the content and stuff that you put out to entice people, I guess. What 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 do you think makes people want to follow you and follow your journey? I don't know. I'm, I don't really care. I just <laughs> I just do my own thing. Like mm. I just document myself. I'm very different to to everyone else. I'm. I've, unapologetically myself Um, I've obviously got the flamingo thing that's attached to me Mm. um, and that's unique Mm. you know so whether people talk about me in a good way or a bad way they still talk about Mm. me which is great so um, you know I wear a pink suit I drive a loud car I, uh, I'm starting to get into track suits now, actually. So quite an array know, of track yeah, suits. Yeah, I've as got well. some pretty. I've got some bright coloured track suits. And look, man, it's all it's all strategic. Like mm. I don't do this because I've got an ego. I do it because, like I said, the more people who talk about me, the better. So mm. um, I didn't grow up in the eastern suburbs. Eighteen months ago, I knew nobody here, mm. and I want everyone to know who I am. Mm. So the way you get everyone to know who you are is be loud, be somewhat obnoxious in a in a in a humble way. Um, and get people talking mm. and the people some people will love you some people will hate you mm. but uh, like I said at least mm. they know who you are mm. yeah and it takes a lot it takes a lot of courage especially in 18 months to really put yourself out there be so authentic and I think that comes from I guess a very strong self-image it's exactly what it is we had to talk about this the other day yeah um, and I never used to have a strong self-image mm. I used to look at myself very poorly hence yeah. the reason I used to lie and um now my self-image I reckon is probably one of the strongest self-images that I know you know I mm. look at myself that I'm I don't doubt anything as soon as I say something and I say I'm going to do it I don't doubt that I'm, mm. I can't do it you know like and that's that's the importance I think of having a self-image and sure it's not always like that sure you have little increments of doubt and, and you know you hear things or th- something happens you go oh maybe maybe I'm full of shit right mm. <laughs> and I, I just finished at Arik and, and uh, I think it was uh, Jody Fox was talking at Eric and she said, um, you know, one of the biggest things is don't lie to yourself. You know, don't be a bullshit artist to yourself. Mm. Um, and that really resonated with me because if you say you're going to do something, 
to yourself mm. and you don't do it, you're lying to yourself. You know, and David Goggins talks about this all the time. So, um, you know, that's why committing to the year of sobriety was super important to me in committing to it. And mm. everyone's like, you're not going to do yeah. that. But, you know, I, I don't care about the other people. It's, it's, it's committing to yourself mm. and going, yes, I can do it. Mm. Um, and, you know, I'm doing the 75-day hard challenge now and it's less about everyone else and more about building my own self-image, mm. more about building my self-confidence and building the, um, you know, I guess strength internal strength to when you commit to something it happens mm. you know manifestation i really believe in and everything that i've ever wanted sort of wanted so far to happen and anything that i've thought about and really put my mind to um has happened mm. yeah so yeah. Uh, mate self-image yes it's, it's super uh, super important yeah and especially i guess starting in the industry not very long ago at all and seeing all that growth it's really just been from you being so confident in yourself well, confidence breeds confidence, mm. right? So the more confident you are in yourself and I mean, you, you have to be confident and know your shit at the mm. same time, right? Like you can't be confident yeah. and full of shit. So, you know, being confident, having the knowledge, um, it breeds confidence. Mm. So when you sit in front of someone, you know, like they feel that. When you sit in front of a business partner, they feel that. When you talk, some people feel that. Um, and not a lot of people do it. Yeah, so it works. Mm. And I guess having... Now, now you've got such a big team. It's not big. It's, it's tiny compared to what it's going to be. <laughs> Having a team around you, I guess when you started, it wasn't, it wasn't like this at all. It was very much yourself. How, how's that transition from, I guess, being a lone wolf to, I guess, now having people around you and having to have that, I guess, a much more businessman mindset, much more mm. of a leader mindset? Yeah, man. It's, it's, I haven't worked it out yet. Mm. Like I think the team's like over 20 now, which is... You know, from three at the end of last year to 20 is obviously, you know, pretty big growth. And obviously the marketplace has something to do with that as well. But um, you need to, the biggest thing that I've learned is I used to do everything, you know. So my calendar was just so full back to back all day, every day. And I love that chaos. I love being busy all the time. And um, But now, you know, I've got a lot of people that do a lot of things for me. And it frees up my time to... Um, work on on the business and, and be strategic and, and always be thinking about new ideas and um, while also still servicing the clients and, but it's made it's all learning like m- my coach Jeff Jowett says uh, you know as, as the face of the business and the, and the spearhead of the business you need to make it rain mm. and the people you know inside of your team need to have the bucket and catch it so that's 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 sort of my thinking mm. now is like how can I build the brand how can I you know generate more business and and continue the growth um which then as a benefit the team will also you know feel that better so, fruits the fruits yeah yeah so that's uh that's mm. that's that's my thing now is is constantly um you know growing a brand and and being strategic about the way we do things and um being very outlandish you know i've got some pretty big ideas that are gonna happen soon just wrote my first children's book which is pretty funny um <laughs> Uh, so yeah, man, like all of, all of that sort of stuff mm. is, is, it's changed and instead of being inside of the business, you know, and, and, and most people are inside of the business mm. forever because they never worked that out. But that's the thing about having all these great people around you who have built businesses that, you know, generate tens of millions of dollars in revenue and have teams of not 20, but hundreds and thousands mm. of people, like literally hundreds or thousands, sorry, mm. of people, um, Mate, that's that's the benefit of having those people around you is they know what to do and they mm. know how to get you out of your business and start working on the business, which is... Yeah, beneficial. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess going to that Henderson advocacy, building your own brand, mm. 
is there something you can attribute it to as you as Jack Henderson that's kind of in the foundation in which you've built the brand on that may that makes people like maybe like want to work for you well it's just different right like um I don't know. I think every, like most industries, everyone who's in the industry is the same. And generally the people who are the, you know, the, 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 they end up becoming the market leaders mm-hmm. or the industry changes are different. Like they, they don't do things the conventional way. They're loud. They, you know, probably piss some people off. And that, that, that's what I plan to do is like be different to everyone else. Um, and generally real estate, especially in the eastern suburbs or Newcastle where the other mm. office is or Brisbane where we're launching next month is um, they're generally quite conservative mm. in nature, right? No one sticks their head up too mm. far. They all just sort of, you know, go along together and, um, and it's boring as bad shit. It's so boring, right? Mm. And um, mate, I want to I grow a brand that is always sticking its head out, you know, wanting mm. to get chopped off. So, yeah. Josh Tesselin said something at Eric. It was quite funny. He... Um, he obviously went through some shit mm. with his past employer and they said they tried to chop him from the legs and he, he chopped them from the neck. <laughs> so that's that's how I sort of look at things. Mm. And still, there's so much to come. Mate, what's, what are we six, we're only six months into a, a journey that will probably last the next 50 plus years. Um, Don't worry, mate, I'll still be leeching off you then too. 5.13 in the morning, George. Hey! <laughs> You love it though, don't you? I love it. Oh, yeah, it's cold. And I, where do you see yourself in that time? Uh, because I guess someone like me, they see the money, the car, and want to get to that so quickly, but you've got so much more than that behind you. What, what's the plan? Uh, mate, the end goal is to, to have an international building and developing business. Yeah. So, um, you know, to build a brand and a reputation as Henderson and, and have a global organization that. Um, mate has buildings in all major cities around the world you know like if you look at the Meriton model in, in, in New South Wales um, Meriton's a very very reputable brand everyone knows what Meriton is when you say Meriton but it's not known for luxury it's it's a um, low cost cheap fit out um, product um, but it's it's got a brand, but the brand is a, is attached to that stigma. Where you know where I see Henderson is, especially moving into the in the economy that we're going with technology and all the rest of it. Um, Henderson will be you know the the global leader in in luxury residences because you know you, Tim Gurner is is doing a pretty incredible job of it from from the project he's doing in Melbourne, um, where you know you build a building and your building brings so much to wherever it is. You know, you look at somewhere like Crown in, in at one Barangaroo, for example, you know, the reason all of those restaurants and all the money is going to Barangaroo is because of Crown. Mm. And that's how I see Henderson being, is building a buildings that bring, people want to attach themselves to yeah. that buildings because it, it is affluence and it is prestige and, and you know, it's, you know, which I think no one's doing in the world. Like there's so much, there's a gap there for that less about profit more about brand mm. and that sort of my, my philosophy is brand over time um, will always win you know mm. like yeah mm. and with, with brand someone at, for example at my age wanting to build that brand and get to that level what, mm. what are the foundation what's the building block to build that brand to I guess have eyeballs on you mate I'm not an expert at it that's for mm. sure I've only got fucking two and a half thousand followers or something on Instagram you know I'm not, mm. I'm not some global leader mm. but no. I'm just myself mm. and people like 
people who are themselves because it's new like mm. you know no one is jack henderson except jack henderson mm. you know jack henderson can try and be other people sure but then you're not jack henderson so as long as you're yourself um and you're somewhat interesting i mean being vanilla characters no one's probably going to buy into that but if you're polarizing and you've got a you know outlandish personality mm. and and make people there's people that like that shit so that's what i've done mm. it's worked out pretty well so far. it's working all right yeah well, thanks for your time, mate. Mate, Finally thanks for coming it. on. I've uh, just finished this glass of water and I need to go to the toilet. I'm about to be so pants. Mate, it was really good. First really good being hopefully. on the podcast and I'm very proud of you to actually uh, take the step and, and do a podcast. So, uh, well done. Cheers, boss. Until next time. <laughs>